1: Welcome to The Firing Line with Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Vortex Optics, Cutting Edge Bullets, and the California Rifle and Pistol Association.
2: Good. Bad. Bad. I'm the guy
1: with
3: the gun. And now, your host, Rick Travis. I'm your host, Rick Travis, the Legislative Director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. I want to open up this show to thank Phil Naiman for his 11 years of growing this radio show and donating it to the CRPA. We appreciate that. Moving forward, I'm going to bring you the information you will need to grow in every aspect of the Second Amendment culture. This show will stand as an offensive bulwark, against those in government and society that are seeking to destroy our two-way culture from the president of the united states to the governor to your local government organizations today we're going to take a deep dive into the national state and local fight and provide you with talking points to equip you as a fellow patriot to make a difference because this show does nothing unless it arms you with the information you need to make a difference in your community with me to help me do that today is my guest, Kevin Small, the Director of Grassroots and Advocacy for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Welcome aboard, Kevin.
4: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's it's uh, wonderful to be here again.
3: So in this first segment, let's open this up with the attack that has happened this week. Uh, all the time we talk about how R2A culture has been under attack, and I, and I want to really lay out the fact that Governor Gavin Newsom has repeatedly said he wants to destroy the Second Amendment culture. He's went after youth over the past two years through various uh, assembly bills and Senate bills and has been the right-hand person of President Biden, who is running for a second term. And it comes as no shock to me that Biden is taking the Bipartisan Safer um, Communities Act, the BSCA, which is no longer... Bipartisan because he's using it to kill the Second Amendment.
4: Yeah, and he's—he, uh, I mean, he's grossly misinterpreting it to the point where he is able to, or he's trying to withhold federal funding from schools that have archery and hunting programs within them.
3: Yeah, I think the the thing that a lot of people don't realize is you may be out there saying, "Well, I don't shoot bows and arrows, and how's that impact me?" Or "I don't hunt, how's that impact me?" And we're going to break that down for a moment. If you look at uh, this program, it is grossly misconstrued because three of the four authors of the BSCA have already came out and told the president he's not doing what he's supposed to do and he's violating the intent of this. But we're talking about, you know, we went from 7 million archers to 23 million in the last couple of years. This directly impacts just an archery, 1.3 million students it directly impacts in the state of California over a million students. And a thing that people don't realize, that's the future of conservation. And when I say that is because, as former Governor Brown said, since the 1930s, no single group has done more for the conservation and preservation of wildlife and keeping your, your state and national parks functioning like hunting has in this state and nationwide. So when Biden goes after this, this is definitely gun control. In fact, the White House has openly said yes, this is part of his gun control, which I would call ending firearms ownership control. Uh we've got to stand and fight this, folks. You've got to be calling your federal uh legislators, your congressmen, your senators, and plying the pressure because this is exactly what communism does, is they try to destroy the next generation. And, Kevin, I would argue that's what we're seeing right here.
4: Well, yeah, and that's a, that's actually an important distinction, I think. You know, we have all of these bills that are looking to ban this and ban that. So why are you taking so much time and focusing on this, especially when within the community, uh, the firearms community itself is a little bit fractured? There are plenty of people who you know go out to the range and shoot but they don't they don't really give two licks about hunting i think what's important about this though is it is the the power of uh, the foundation of culture and that's where it's really trying to get stuck to our community the most. Gavin Newsom said when he came into office he was going to, he was looking to strike down the culture. He didn't come out and say, I'm going to try to ban everything. he wants the culture gone. That's what this is an attack on as well. you know you saw it with uh, with Newsom uh, with what was it Rick a B 2571 correct That was attacking our freedom of speech but most importantly, it wasn't allowing us to communicate with our kids. So what what's the obsession with kids here? And if you look at statistics, specifically even within the hunting community, Rick, you could probably make an argument that, you know, there was a generation lost. Uh, but it it comes down to the kids, that wisdom and knowledge being passed down from generation to generation. If we continue to attack this with legislation and lack of funding, we're going to lose that all over again.
3: Yeah, and it's, it flies in the face of what they say they want to do in education. You know, we have this whole STEM issue of the science technology you know, engineering, and math, and when you look at it, kids learn so much in these hunting programs and these archery programs that are directly related to STEM. You got kids that when they go into the field, you know, and I've taught hunter ed for almost two decades, have been out with youth on multiple occasions, teach them how to hunt, teach them how to um, have a clean, humane way of doing things. And to those who are like, "Well, hunting's not humane." You look at how an animal loses its life in nature when you spend enough time in nature and how it happens in hunting, and hunting is clearly more humane than what happens naturally in the natural world. Plus all of that food all of the food and byproducts of the animal are utilized, which also doesn't happen in nature in many ways. And so, you know, and then these youth realize, oh, nature is precious. It has a reason for being Um, taken care of and stewarded, and they become that future generation of stewards. But in a world where let's get people out of nature, let's end hunter education, let's destroy an entire generation, you're also going to lose all those monies and all that volunteerism that has given America her success story and bringing many, many, many species back from the verge of extinction.
4: Well, not only that, you're you're creating a, a less safe environment, and I, I think it's also important to understand that when you're not taught about something and it becomes taboo or 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 whatever, do you really think that firearms are going to exit this nation? Is the real question. My assumption or assertion would be no. You know, they're, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna see firearms. You know, the extinction of firearms in the United States. So, what you're actually creating is you're creating a generation who doesn't know and understand how to respect these tools. Uh, and, and use them and handle them safely, but they're still going to be there. You know, th- we've talked about this before, Rick. We, we've talked about the cycle uh, that these politicians do. They create legislation that create problems, that creates a campaign for them to legislate further down the road, and this would do nothing but that. It would, it would taboo firearms even more. You would end up seeing more handling situations that are less safe, which would create a campaign to ban them even further it would just go from bad
3: to worse. Yeah, and on that note, I think it's important to realize that these funds are being withheld under the BSCA, the way it's being interpreted by Biden and his White House staff, is that this is, you know, Department of Education funds that would teach firearms, archery safety, would teach all these valuable things from, you know, wilderness medicine uh, to the proper care of animals to feeding. Look at inner cities, Kevin. Look at suburbia. You know, what are these kids' entry points to understanding these things? It's either a video game, which if you screw up, you just restart the video game, get respawned, what have you, (laughs) whereas in real life, a screw up, you learn very quickly the consequences. And so you take it more serious. And I see it all the time when young people come to the range, they are taking it serious and they're a very different byproduct from those that don't have that um, background and training. And at a time where you know people say they want a safer community, then don't remove the linchpins of that safety from the next generation.
4: And we've seen it time and time again. We, we just did a capital day uh, for CRPA. Uh, and we had Autumn come up with us. And, and what was the thing that she was telling all of these legislators? You're talking about millions of trigger pulls within the the, um, the high school trap community uh, that she exists in, and there hasn't been one injury, and and with that comes the proper safety and training that is required to handle those things safely. So we've seen that when this sort of education is applied and applied correctly, there are no there are none of these issues. So why would you want to take that away?
3: Right, and you haven't heard about the youth that participate in you know the the riding shooting sports on horseback. You haven't heard about the rifle groups, the JROTC groups. None of these people have been the people that have caused issues in our society. And yet, that's the very people that they're attacking. There's your first talking point. If you actually believe that this is to make America safer, this state safer, then ask yourself... Why instead of attacking gangs, why instead of going into inner cities and suburban schools where there's issue, why where there's mental health are we not focusing there, but instead you're going after the very people that are learning firearm safety and have had zero accidents. This is clearly about control. It's not about safety. It's about making bad things happen so they can campaign on, say they're doing something when they're doing nothing but pandering to self-created disasters.
2: Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW safe on your side.
0: AM 590, the answer.
2: This
1: portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman.
2: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick!
3: Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm Rick Travis, your host, the legislative director of the California Rifle Pistol Association, And today, my guest is Kevin Small, Director of Grassroots and Advocacy. We just got done talking about the BSCA being used by Biden as a weapon to withhold funding for hunting. And sometimes, Kevin, when we're seeing these positions, we think, wow, so if Biden's doing that, what's his favorite Lieutenant Gavin Newsom and his cronies doing in Sacramento? And we have no far, not that far to have to look. Then the gross restrictions they're trying to put, again, on people trying to stay safe in Senate Bill 2, formerly Senate Bill 918, that we were able to defeat in the last hours of last session. And of course, you know, when you think you want to restrict everybody, you also want to tax them into oblivion, which would be, you know, looking at AB 28. So let's break down Senate Bill 2 into its two biggest areas that's going to cause issues. Kevin, let's talk. Your favorite thing, sensitive places. Okay,
4: yeah. So th- this is my uh, this is the the thorn in my hoof over here. Just because it's pretty. I, I mean, you, you would think that these people can read, and I I know I know for the sake of the conversation, I know that they can read. Uh, just the the gross neglect uh, from our Supreme Court is really what gets to me. Okay, you literally have Justice Thomas uh, write a decision in Bruin. Uh, stating that you can't create large swaths of your uh, land to be a sensitive place. Uh, Yet they go and they do it immediately after the decision was written as if it was their immediate answer. I I mean, it's just like, you know, you, you, you try to create all these laws. You ask mom and dad, may I? Mom and dad come back and say no. So let's go to uncle over here and create the same thing. Uh, so this really gets to me, and what this would do, it would make it, it would make it almost impossible for you to carry your firearm anywhere if you had a CCW. So that obviously deters people from going through the process of getting a CCW, which does require money, it does require time, training, it does require you know, putting in all of this extra effort, really showing that you are trying to be a responsible citizen who wants to protect themselves. And then once you do that, you can't take it anywhere and you're going to be in violation of the law. And and you have to now know every inch or every square inch of where you live to make sure that you are carrying appropriately. It 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 really looks like this is meant to deter people from getting CCWs.
3: Well, I I can't agree more. I think, you know, what has happened is, Again, this goes back, you know, we talked in the last segment about youth and hunting, and we're like, these are not the kids causing the problems. So now we move into this next deal, and this this further should be your next talking point of don't tell me this isn't about you know, gun control and going after the law-abiding, because the most law-abiding citizens when it comes to firearms in this country are concealed carry weapons permit holders. In fact, even law enforcement will tell you there is less likely to be an accident or an issue by a CCW holder than even those in the law enforcement community, making us safer than law enforcement. And yet, once again, what are we doing in California? Letting go of criminals, giving them early releases, removing firearms enhancements when we do it. For crying out like Kevin on the APPS program, which is, you know, the Prohibitive Persons System. We have over 25,000 known felons with illegal firearms. Are we going after them? No. We have Portentino creating this bill, going after, you know, the, the sensitive places. But one of the things I find so appalling is, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was in history class, it seemed like every history teacher or even in college professor was like, you got to learn from history, Kevin, because otherwise you're going to repeat it. And I thought, no. Because we know our history. We won't repeat it. And yet, you know, it was only a little less than 100 years ago that um, Germany was going through a time where it was trying to figure out what a government should be. So you had the Socialist Party, which became known as the Nazis. You had the Weimar Republic, which had been the German government. And they decide, you know what, gypsies aren't a good thing. So let's put signs up in businesses that say gypsies are welcome. Because if there's no sign like that, then, you know what, you shouldn't have gypsies. You shouldn't be there. And now what do you have? you have Portentino wanting signs up that says yes you may carry your ccw firearm here otherwise you're a government mandated and supported gun free zone so number 1 if we look at the history in this country of where mass shootings have taken place wait for it gun free zones but secondly they're going after it and telling people in churches restaurants um, other places of worship, places, small businesses, that if you're going to be government compliant, when we come to your door, we don't want to see that sign.
4: I think another another part of this, too, is compelled speech. We, we've seen uh, some pretty prominent people uh, really come out against compelled speech. And there is – if you don't think there is, I, I need you to think this over again. Okay, there is a huge difference between telling somebody, I don't want you to do this in my house. Between that and you having to tell everybody you can do this in my house, all right. That is that is a huge difference. And you know we we've existed here for a while. You know it is it, if if you are a, a shop owner and that is your business, you should have the ability. What, what's the what's the the adage, Rick? It's uh, like no shirt, no shoes, no service. Right. You know if you if you want to talk about what you are capable of doing and you know the the things that you can control over with your business you know that that's one thing but it is completely different for you to have to reach out to your community and say firearms are welcome here and that's really what we're talking about and if you want to bring in the ESG stuff and all of that too yes big brother is you know it is tabulating where these signs are and and who's putting them up but the the compelled speech portion of this to me is what really is what really gets it. We've seen it in some other political debates as well, uh, and now they're bringing it here. and it, And it doesn't look like it's something that America really vibes with in general. So why put it here?
3: And I think you know, going back to our, our central argument of today's show of government working to try to go against our culture, trying to destroy it. Here's another great example. If you look at what's going on, you have law abiding deep. Most law abiding citizens who are being vilified because the intent of those things is, oh, well, you know, Kevin, if Orlando's CCW holders come in, we're going to have a shootout the OK Corral, which is the false rhetoric that the left in the state has used back when we had 50,000 CCW statewide. Now we're well over 350,000 CCWs over the past decade. And wait. How many okay corral shootings have we had by a CC? Oh, none. But they'd never tell the rhetoric of, oh, by the way, we've had over 100,000 people's lives saved because of people who carry CCWs during that same time period. We didn't have mass shootings in many places. We didn't have people robbed, um, abused, lots of other heinous crimes done because of that being in place. Because law enforcement can't be everywhere. And that's not what we hear in this rhetoric. What we hear is we need to be further restrictive. We need, to, we need to put signs up. We need to tell places of worship to get hit all the time, as we know, from the various sheepdog programs that are out there to protect places of worship. That You know what? Our government doesn't want you protected.
4: Well, I, I, I just want to add to this. If you, so this is absolutely something that we need to communicate with our uh, elected officials on. And here's the reason why. How many times – I mean, Rick, tell me. How many times have you heard in the legislature specifically uh, a, a talking point against the CCW community? I haven't heard it once. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you know what I have seen? I have seen appeals to the Center for Disease Controls to make sure and get statistics on defensive handgun uses off of the website. Right. So – you know they, they are going to they are going to try and slip around and attack the CCW community this way. But this is what you need to ask yourself: Why have you never seen an argument by the anti gunners against the CCW community in general? Why are you seeing a push for those statistics to get backdoored out? it's because they have nothing they have nothing to combat what the actual community is doing all the community has done is made sure that people are safer and saved lives while doing it so uh this is definitely one that we need to advocate for
3: and going back to you know i'm in the legislature i watch it go on all the time you know who you don't see allied with us gang moms people like that that have their kids incarcerated but you know who you do see them align with? Moms that demand action, the Brady Group, the Giffords Group. And I, I look at legislators all the time, I'm like, do you not see the criminal elements, family, parents, people that didn't bring these kids up right, didn't get them in the right area for various reasons? And what are they saying? Oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna be part of the anti-gun community. This has got to stop because there are good people in all those neighborhoods throughout our, our strata of society that deserve the right to be able to defend themselves. And again, this is going after the culture. There's lots of talking points you can use. We're going to be back here in a few minutes to look at the other phases that they are coming after us in this legislature. And so we'll be back here on Firing Line Radio. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's
2: number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com.
0: AM 590,
1: the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe.
0: Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and
4: get them.
3: Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm Rick Travis, your host, the legislative director of the California Rifle Pistol Association. And with me today is my colleague and my brother in arms, Kevin Small, director of grassroots and advocacy at the CRPA. And we've been talking about the attack in today's show on the culture of Second Amendment ownership, firearms owners, and all the different programs that come out of it. We've talked about going after youth and hunting through uh, Biden's attack with the BSCA, which is the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which is not making us safer. We just got done talking about Senate Bill 2, which is out of Portentino's office in the Senate that is going after your right to carry concealed. And then we just have to go over to the other side of the House to look at Assemblyman Gabriel running a bill for the fifth time, which I want to Before we get into the belt, I want to make a point here with our community. You know, a lot of us have been guilty. Kevin and I will admit we've been guilty of this. We get together at, you know, the gun store, the range, with a group of friends, and we all run around in circles talking about how upset we are with these different politicians and things we're doing. But at the end of the day, Kevin and I will both ask you, other than getting you really upset and maybe even making you apathetic about doing anything, it doesn't move the ball. Folks, we're trying on this show to give you talking points, things that you can do to move the ball. And here's why it's so important. Often we will run in our community a bill that benefits firearms owners, benefits our activities. And the first time out, it doesn't make it through. And our side tends to be like, well, so much for that, and give up. Assembly Bill 28 is a great example of your enemy, your opposition, because this is round six, folks, Round six, we have called it the zombie bill over the past couple of years because no matter how many times we put a stake through its head or heart, it comes back again. They are committed to continually being like water eroding rock, just constant pressure, as Bruce Lee would say. So we are putting the pressure back. We're working diligently to defeat it. But let's talk about this bill and the lies in this bill. Kevin, you mentioned earlier You know, one of the girls that had had come up, Otter is her her name, but it's actually Autumn. That's her, Otter's her uh, nickname on the trap circuit. But we also had a girl that came out of St. Lucie's Catholic School here in in L.A. And Lola came up and she testified on AB 28. Beautiful testimony, um, young 16-year-old. And her and her fellow team members came out and talked about how This 11% excise tax is designed to do one thing, and that's to destroy the shooting sports, hunting, firearms ownerships, to keep firearms out of people in low-income neighborhoods, because that 11% tax does not stay on the manufacturer. It gets passed on to us, the consumer.
4: Yeah, and if you happen to be a uh, first-time gun owner, first-time listener of this show— uh, it's not like you're going from zero to eleven percent. Firearms are already uh, one of the most heavily taxed and regulated items that you can purchase uh, anywhere. So, you know, adding eleven percent just furthers that. And I, I think it actually goes toward, uh, you know, the argument also of, you know, from the the first and second segment, which, you know, in this case, they're attacking culture by trying to tax these firearms out of existence.
3: Yeah, and I think one of the things people don't realize is you know, one of the the false arguments that Gabriel has made is, well, there's already an excise tax on on firearms that are used for hunting, for example. Yeah, well, let's go back to that. That is known as Pittman-Robertson Act. And here's a talking point. We asked for that tax. We, the hunting community, said, hey, we need to have more money for our different groups to be able to go out that's reliable and, and can, you know, Bring ducks back from the decimation they took back in the early 30s. Bring all these different wildlife back. And that's part of the North American model of success in conservation is that excise tax. And so what Gabriel would say in the legislation is, well, you know, they want to save animals. Why not our kids? Well, the difference is this 11% tax, nobody really knows where it's going. In fact, when questioned over and over and over, the assemblyman couldn't say exactly exactly how this money would be used to change anything. And like you said, Kevin, we're already being taxed to bring change. But like I don't see where this money is stopping anybody. And in fact I'll go back to the apps program. Tell me you're gonna buy more, you know, law enforcement to go after the criminals that have the guns, some of which allegedly have done even more things since being on there.
4: But let's take it even a step further. Even if he did come out and say, oh, uh, you know, this this tax money, like so much of your other tax money, is going to go into a study to study, you know, they love using this term, and I honestly think that we should stop using this term, uh, but go in to study gun violence. You know, these studies also, an, another thing to understand is it, it's basically like they are taking your money through taxes to then prove their you know, their their conclusion that they already have, which is to take your firearms away. So it's it's using your money against you. And, you know, let's be let's be real. Not all the money is actually going to go into the study. So where is the other money going? There are a lot of issues with with this kind of tax. And again, it's already on something that is so heavily taxed Uh, when when, you know, you've got these trap shooters going up to the Capitol saying this is this is not you know, accommodating for the entire firearms community, they're already right. Uh, the way that the taxes are already isn't even necessarily accommodating for the firearms community, and they just
3: want to keep adding to it. And, and I think one of the things, too, you got to realize, and it really chaps my hide, is they try to make this look like it's all about, you know, oh, these are wealthy people that are upset. No, I mean, you're talking about kids and youth and one of the talking points people have to realize is you know i used to work as, as a scout master with a troop that did have uh, both boys and, and a lot of their sisters and stuff involved and we would take the kids out four times a year to go shoot 22s and it was absolutely hilarious i remember being at a bass pro and i was picking up 10,022 rounds and this lady came up to me and she said why do you need so many? I said, oh, because I'm taking some people out, And She goes, what, a small South American army? Because to her, yeah. that was like this exorbitant mm-hmm. amount of rounds. But the reality was 10,000 rounds was gone in about an hour and a half when you have 45 kids and their parents shooting 22 rifles on the line. That's it's not a lot of, of rounds. And would you look at how many rounds a competitive shotgun shooter does a week to practice. I mean, I've talked to some of these young ladies and young men, but even Kim Rody, the seven-time Olympian, will tell you she, at her level, was sometimes shooting four, or 5,000 rounds every couple of days practicing with a shotgun. I mean, I don't know how that woman's shoulders held up because mine <laughs> don't do that after 50 rounds at the trap range. But, you know, even these young kids, they're shooting five, 600 rounds a day.
4: Yeah, and, uh, and that adds up pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that's just one kid in one program, and let me tell you, there are thousands of kids in dozens of programs all throughout the state. So, yeah, th- this is a really huge issue, and I think— you know I, I know that we got a laundry list of uh, of legislation that still exists we should probably get to, but when you add this sort of thing on top of all of these others, it really does it becomes kind of silly doesn 't it
3: well, yeah, and I think one of the issues you got to look at on on twenty eight is you got to look at like what this is trying to do is just make it so that low income person they can 't afford to get a gun, people can 't afford to get ammunition then they can 't afford to go to the range and they can 't afford to go to the range. Then their skill sets deteriorate, and this helps them build the counter argument. But you're right, we need to realize this isn't the only place they're going after us. They're also going after us all over the place. And I know one you, well, of your favorite bills is 725, so go ahead. And oh,
4: come on. Okay, so, so this one kind of irritates me as well. Uh, I think, well, I, I guess, so if you're not familiar with Senate Bill 725, what this would essentially do is expand the definition of what a firearm is. So when we're having these conversations about, you know, banning precursor parts or the way that uh – California ended up taking gun shows off of state-owned properties. This is basically what they're doing. Uh, they are saying you can't have firearm sales, but if you keep—and and this is my this is my bigger beef—just if you want to expand it to the general conversation, the other side kind of owns the language, and we need to stop that. We need to stop that, like right here. We need to stop it yesterday, uh, really. And and if we keep allowing them to change the definitions of things, they're going to be able to nix the culture just by changing the language. You know, we we continue to see this in many examples within our lives, but. You know, if you want to consider a firearm transaction as me handing you a a, a, a metal screw, if you leave it to these anti Second Amendment people long enough, that metal screw will have the definition of a firearm on it, and that ultimately is what they're seeking to do, which is why CRPA is opposing this.
3: Yeah, you you can look at 1089, which is another one that goes after 3D printing. They want to make it like, oh, people are making guns with the three D printer. But a lot of that is being used by designers to make firearms safer. And you're removing a very low cost method for them to to look at safety issues away. And not only that, but this gives government the right to then expand that into other areas of three D printing that could deal with everything from healthcare to, you know, home security, etc. And this is why we work so hard to fight against this because. A lot of times they use fear tactics. In fact, that's what they, they resort to, to try to get their, their foot in the door and then they broaden that foot. And we could see that, Kevin, last year when CCW holders got doxed and the government got away with it. And then what happened? All the CalPERS people, they got doxxed. The Calsters, which the teachers' unions got docs, and fishing game just got docs with their fishing licenses, and the government's answer to all your information be released is freecredit.report.com dot com. You know, just go to that does nothing, and so um, we're seeing this be expanded. And folks, that's why even if you're not a firearms owner listening to the program, realize you need to become engaged because we're fighting for all of your civil rights here at the California Rifle Pistol Association and its allies. We'll be right back turner's outdoorsman
2: california's number one hunting fishing and shooting sports retailer since 1971 now has 33 locations across california and one in tucson arizona turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs we offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms ammunition gun safes shooting accessories archery equipment and fishing tackle Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW safe on your side. You defend your life, CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered, so join now at CCWSafe.com.
0: AM 590, the answer.
1: This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics Vortex, the force of optics.
2: Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know
3: for now. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, Director of Legislation for the California Rifle Pistol Association. And with me is my ally in the trenches, Kevin Small, the Director of Grassroots and Advocacy. And Kevin, you brought up um, a very big pet peeve of mine. You know, I remember when Amy Schumer came out and said, International orange, which has always been the color for rescue And the color for, you know, hunting was going to be the anti-gun color. And I'm like, in any other time in history, she'd be the court jester and probably would lose her head for half of her jokes because they're that bad. But instead, you know, everybody's like, oh, that's a great idea. And our community didn't really stand up to it. But I also see this, too, you know, um, I don't know about you, but my firearms cannot open the safe. They cannot load themselves they cannot point themselves they can't do anything without me or somebody else operating them and yet you know when we used to use the term gun control it was the control you had over your firearm but they have now equated gun control as removing firearms from people because that's going to make us safer while letting criminals go the debate should be on crime control We should never in our community allow, you know, the moment someone, you mean crime control. We're talking about crime here. We're talking about criminal behavior. Guess what? Criminals don't follow storage laws. Criminals don't follow. That's the whole definition of being a criminal. I don't follow the law. And we've got to really come back on that. we got to come back on guns aren't violent. People are violent.
4: Yeah. So I I think I couldn't agree more. And. You know, if if you're looking for something to take away that you can start practicing right now, I think that uh, adapting our language back to what it should have been. Uh, let's take out common sense gun control. Okay, the, the fact that their version of gun control is common sense is ludicrous, and the yeah the term gun control itself uh, is not used appropriately. The only the the other one that I can think of, which I, I think we should discuss, is the term gun violence. You know, if if you want to look for something that you can do today, look and see how you can curb these languages that that we have conceded to the other side or this language that we have conceded to the other side. We should not do that. Honestly, now, whenever I get confronted with the with the term gun violence, I make sure and look somebody in the face and say, I reject your definition of what gun violence is, because a gun as an inanimate object cannot be violent. Only the person pulling the trigger can be. And I think that's an important distinction. We need to start taking back this language.
3: You know, I want, I want to make one really good talking point for people. I, I've been, you know, involved with dogs my entire life. I grew up uh, with my parents having a dog kennel. And when you said common sense gun control, and I look at what goes on the legislature, not one piece of legislation actually makes us safer. And it's the equivalent to me of you've got two dogs in the kennel barking, and you got two dogs that aren't barking. You don't go and yell and discipline and muzzle the dogs that aren't barking. You go after your problem dogs and figure out how to keep them from barking. But our government's just the opposite. It's like, oh, the criminals are running around barking, biting people, doing everything. Let's go beat the snot out of the dogs that are being obedient and are in the house. That That's exactly what they're doing. But let's look at, like, just how crazy some of this stuff is. There's one more bill I want to talk about. It's a a Bill 452 that deals with microstamping. And this bill, Senate Bill 452 by Blake Spear, is talking about, even though it's been proven, even as you know, in one of our cases, the Ninth Circuit said, this is a joke, you can't do it. The inventor of microstamping has said, this doesn't work, you can't do it. And what micro-stamping is is the idea that when you fire a, a pistol, a semi-automatic pistol, it will put a micro-stamp on the casing that will fall out. You know, And we've given all these examples of how that could be abused, misused, how it doesn't work, how it doesn't solve crimes. And yet I've heard over and over in testimony the people from the Giffords Group go, well, we know that this will be 90% effective in catching all criminals that use a semi-automatic but okay. Did I miss something? Did the Giffords group get a time machine that they've been able to go into the future and see? Because if they did, I don't know why they're talking in the capital because they're worth billions, if not trillions of dollars. Well,
4: you know what we we also have on micro stamping is we have a decision from a federal district judge – stating that it is unconstitutional to require micro-stamping as uh, a regulation for importation of firearms into California. So, yeah, if you want to build up all the evidence against micro-stamping, it is not a proven technology. Even if it was a proven technology, it would not be useful to our law enforcement, which is the biggest argument that I think they really make. This is going to be a great way for us to be able to catch criminals in the act. Yeah, sure. Let's go down to the range. Let's, uh, let's take uh, a couple handfuls of casings that uh, my next door neighbor was using to, uh, to train with his firearm. And then let's go commit a crime and then just drop those casings on the ground. How is that going to help uh, law enforcement? So, yeah, r- r- this is a this is a, a really bad precedent to be setting with legislation. Not only are you doing something where the evidence is overwhelmingly against it, you're also going against a a federal district court judge. And I mean, that's not to say that the legislature here <laughs> isn't uh, isn't used to going against judges, uh, but just with so much built up against it, it's kind of ludicrous to continue and see these laws pushed on us.
3: You know, I want to go back. At the very beginning of the show, we discussed that this is an all-out attack on our culture. And I know for a lot of us, we hear so much news going all different directions. Our general trust in news and, and different programs is not real high. And I want your trust to be high in us. And so I want, I want to come back and put all these last three segments in this segment together under this idea. We told you at the very beginning that <clears throat> on record, both the president and his chief lieutenant, Governor Newsom, have said they want to destroy the culture of gun ownership. And we see that they followed the very, very thing that you see in a Saul Alinsky book of go after the next generation. I mean, it's scripted. And they've went after kids. Now, did they go after the kids, Kevin, that have problems, that come from challenging situations, that ended up on the wrong side of the law? Nope. They go after the law-abiding kids. The kids getting good grades. The kids are part of sports teams. The kids are out there helping to promote wildlife and and do everything right. That's who they go after. And do they go after it just with one thing? No, they go after it with multiple things, such as we saw with the tax bill from Assembly Bill 28, trying to tax kids out of it, trying to make classist, racist arguments that don't exist in the status quo, but they go after it. Then they go into the law-abiding system, the most law-abiding in our community. Do they go after the various gangs, the various criminal elements that have come in from other countries. No, they don't go after that. In fact, they try to give those people more rights, more ways to get out of jail, and then find more ways to incarcerate the law-abiding with no chance of getting out of jail, trying to just intimidate and use fear tactics, trying to separate them, and then trying to say that anybody that supports law-abiding firearms-owning citizens are going to be penalized with signage and not allowed to do things. And then they go after everybody else with their rhetoric. And at the end of the day, what I always say up in the Capitol to people, and I want each and every one of the listeners to hear this right here and right now, is folks, none of this moves the ball to make our society safer, what they're doing. In fact, it does everything to encourage negative behavior. And the reason is, because then they can stand up and make more money off of you with fear. This has nothing to do with your well-being and everything about these people becoming oligarchs, filled with their cash coffers, and living a life that looks nothing like the rest of us.
4: Okay, so I yeah, let's move the ball though okay, so and 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 we at CRPA want to make it as easy for you to be able to move that ball as possible, and we've been talking about all these pieces of legislation, Rick, I'm sure because you're passionate about it, this has to do with the youth, it has to do with the next generation uh, you know you'll you'll be talking about assembly bill two sixty two soon, but if you want to advocate against these bills to your legislators, you know we we've been saying all of these things, we got to communicate with our legislators. CRPA is trying to bring the tools to you to make it as easy as possible for you to do that. So go ahead and text SB2. That's no capitals. That's no spaces. Text SB2 to the number five two eight eight six. You're going to receive a text back. You know, put in your uh, put in your zip code and your name so that it can send a, an opposition letter to SB2 to the legislators that represent you. We need to communicate with them. This is one click politics. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for everybody to get involved. You can also do that with AB 262. So it would be the same process, no capitals, no spaces, just text AB 262 to the number 52886. There's a great way for you to spend two minutes to advocate on two bills to protect your Second Amendment rights.
3: Yeah. And Kevin, say that to what the number is again, that they would text either SB2 or AB 262 to
4: That's correct. Text either of those things or both of those things to the number 52886.
3: And we really need you to do this. We're trying to make this as easy as possible. And really quick, in the last few seconds, 262, we'll talk about next week. But that is a bill that is designed to further go after your kids at camps. It's designed to destroy the next generation of shooters to impair us from being able to do well at the Olympics. And we're going to unpack that next week, of just how important both of those things are, both to us as a culture, to our state, and to our nation. Because folks, we're fighting over the next election for the very fabric of what America is and should be, not what others are trying to destroy it into. We look forward to working with you each and every week, And we look forward to bringing you the best in both firearms technology, legislation, litigation, and everything you need to do to have a wonderful, safe, and prosperous life as a 2A supporter. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.
2: When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk.
1: The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe cutting-edge bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics,
0: and by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. AM590, the answer.